This episode is brought to you by RV Share. RV Share provides RV rentals, motorhomes, and camper rentals directly from local owners. You can rent an RV for your next camping trip, go on a tour of all the amazing national parks, or even visit Disneyland on a budget. Each rental comes with worry-free guarantee protection for your trip, so you're covered every step of the way. Plus, you get 24-7 emergency roadside assistance on every booking. Don't have a truck to pull an RV? No problem. You'll find the best RV rental specials in your area with a wide range of inventory from affordable pop-ups to luxury motorhomes. You can even book a rental that is budget-friendly with prices ranging from just $50 per night. Go to hashtag coloradolife.com slash RVShare to rent your next RV and save up to 25% on travel costs. Did you know Breckenridge is home to the highest high-speed quad chairlift in North America? The Imperial Express Super Chair tops out at 12,840 feet, taking you up nearly 1,000 feet in elevation in just three minutes. Breck also broke boundaries as Colorado's first major resort to allow snowboarding back in 1984, which is crazy to me to think that it was only 1984 that they allowed snowboarding. That's wild. My name is Ryan, a born and raised Colorado native. And I'm Carrie, a Texas transplant and a Colorado newbie. And this is the Hashtag Colorado Life Podcast, where we help newcomers and natives explore like a local. Together, we're a married couple living along the Front Range in Colorado. In this episode, we're talking about one of the best mountain towns that we love visiting, and that is Breckenridge, Colorado. Breck, as locals call it, is actually on our list of the top five best places to visit a podcast episode that we did earlier this year, so be sure to check that out. And because we like it so much and we enjoy visiting it, we decided to do an entire destination profile on it. While it's known for both skiing and snowboarding, there are tons of other things to explore and to do in Breckenridge and the surrounding areas. So to start, how do you get to Breckenridge? How far is it from, let's say, start with Denver. How far is Breckenridge from Denver? So to get to Breck from Denver, you would easily just hop on I-70 and go about 90 minutes west through the mountains over Loveland Pass through Eisenhower Tunnel, which we mentioned in a past episode. And just on the other side of the pass, um, and a little bit further down, you would hit Breckenridge. So it's real easy to get there from Denver and the surrounding areas. And I-70 is, you know, one of the major routes going east to west in the country. Um, Really pretty drive, really awesome. Um, We come from Colorado Springs, so we actually go through... Uh, we go on Highway 24 through Woodland Park, and then we go across the Continental Divide, and then over Hoosier Pass. Also, really fun. Um, the thing that you got to really watch out for, though, in the winter, and I assume that a lot of people will be going to Breck in the winter because, you know, it's a ski-slash-snowboarding town, you really have to, like, plan ahead because a storm can completely shut down the highway. They'll shut it down multiple times a year, if the snow plows aren't able to keep up with the amount of snow that's coming down. Or, you know, sometimes we'll even close it down to, like, have an avalanche, a controlled avalanche, um, go through. That's mostly just at Eisenhower Tunnel in Loveland Pass, um, where they will do that. So if it's good there, you'll probably make it all the way. So it's about an hour and a half from Denver and about two hours to get to Brick Ranch from Colorado Springs. Right. And the elevation is about 9,600 feet, so it is one of the higher mountain towns. Of course, they're all pretty high. (laughs) Yeah. If you're just used to Denver stuff, then, you know, still take it easy, because Denver's about 6,000-ish feet. 
Um, elevation will go up about 3,000, and it actually makes a really big difference. doesn't seem like it would, but it really does. Let's talk about the history of Breckenridge. Why is it called Breckenridge, and how did it get its name? Breck is just short for Breckenridge. There you go. That's it. Name taken <laughs> care of. Well, who was it named after? So... It was founded back in 1859, Breckenridge was, um, as just a you know prospector town where they would go and like look for gold. Um, there was a General George E. Spencer. He wanted to butter up the vice president of the United States, whose name was John C. Breckenridge, Breck in with an I-N, Ridge. And he was the vice president at the time, and he wanted to butter him up so that they would put in a post office. So he named the town Breckenridge after him. Uh, two years later, when the Civil War started, the former vice president, Breckenridge, he sided with the Confederates. And because of this, the residents of the town decided to change the spelling from the I in the middle of it to an E. And that's how it's been ever since. Breckenridge with an E-N. So you mean instead of changing the entire name, they just changed one letter? Yeah. I feel like that's counterproductive because it's like, still the same name. <laughs> all right, take this former vice president, yeah. Breckenridge. We're still <laughs> going to be called Breckenridge, but not spelled like you. <laughs> take that, you old so-and-so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I that's, that's a very interesting history, though. So, okay. Um, let's talk about what Breckenridge is most known for and kind of like the vibe of the town because it's, it's really cute and it's really awesome. I really enjoy visiting it every year. Yeah, it feels authentic, I guess. That's a good way to put it. It's quirky. It's young. Uh, it doesn't feel super, like, corporate or commercialized. Mm -hmm. It still feels like a mountain town. I don't know. I like going there and kind of just, like, enjoying kind of being away from all of that. Unlike places like Vail and Aspen, where a lot of out-of-state people visit, I feel more people who live in-state visit Breckenridge. So I'd a agree. lot of the Colorado crowd... Um, you know, Aspen and Vail and places like that are really great, but they are very commercialized. It's focused a lot on like shopping and, you know, more of like the ski resort type of feel. And Breckenridge definitely feels a bit younger. It's more, I would say, custom in the fact that, you know, all of the buildings, like you're not going to see McDonald's, you know, it's, yeah. it's like a small mom and pop place or trying restaurants you never tried at or staying at. Um, not even hotels, really. There's not that many around the area. It's mostly lodges and stuff like that. So it's it's much more Colorado local friendly, I feel. Another thing I would say about it is that it it's not that it doesn't feel kid-friendly, but it feels like it's more aimed towards people who are, you know, like, like us, young professionals without kids. I mean, like I said, it's not that it's not kid-friendly because there certainly is things there, but I don't know. It seems like it's aimed more towards that while Vale and uh, like Beaver's Creek and stuff, they're kind of more family-friendly. Family resorts, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I would also say those, I would say Breck is not stuffy. Yeah, it's very small town and welcoming, and it's not like the other ski towns necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Breck as a town is a little more quaint than Vale and Aspen, and it's a little bit more built out than, say, Keystone or Copper. So it's it's a great middle ground there. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's those towns like Vale will be, completely like a it's a it's a resort town you go there to stay in like a resort and it's all about skiing and then there's other places like monarch mountain here in colorado which doesn't have resorts and it's literally just a mountain where you go skiing and there's nothing really nearby to stay at in the way that there is vale 
I feel like Breck is like somewhere in between both those. It still offers a lot of great skiing and hiking and plenty of restaurants and shopping. So there's tons of stuff to do, but it's definitely not commercialized. Yeah. So we've been to Breck now a few times and we've stayed there and each time we've stayed somewhere different. What are the places that you have liked? Well, it has this very quintessential mountain town um, that feels sort of untouched. So like I mentioned, not a lot of chain restaurants or giant hotels in the way. You'll find great lodges and local condos to rent. Um, We actually went for our anniversary this past year, and we stayed at the Doubletree by Hilton, which is, you know, it's, it's a Hilton hotel, so it's very, you know, reputable and you know about it. But the feel of the lodge is still very Colorado. You walk in and there's like this really nice big hearth with a fireplace and, you know, it's all these green and, you know, uh, brown colors and stuff. And it cost us about $135 a night, which is fairly decent seeing as how we were basically in season for, for their ski season there. I think that that was the the best one that I liked so far. It, it was still a hotel chain, technically, but it still felt very Colorado and lodgy, and it was also close to everything downtown. Yeah, I what agree. What about you? It was, that place was definitely nice. There's the historic district. You can rent a condo there. I mean, these are all people that will have almost like an Airbnb setup thing where you will just go and you'll rent something for a night, a weekend, a week. It's kind of like old school vacation rentals. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it is. It's what you'd expect, and it's what a lot of people do. Um, But if you kind of like want to be in the thick of it, there's the historic district. You can get a condo there, and this is the most popular place that people always want to rent in Breckenridge. Uh, It's basically like right downtown. It's, well, like I said, it's right downtown, so you have plenty of nightlife stuff to do, but then you're literally like a five-minute walk from the slopes. Mm-hmm. So easy peasy there. And then if you want it to be a little bit quieter and slower, you know, of course, just look out into little the suburbs a little bit. Um, Warriors Mark is a neighborhood. It's south and it backs up right up against the ski slope. So it's a ski in, ski out place. You're like in wooded or you're in the woods. You're in nature. So you're like right there and ready to go for a hike, ready to go snowshoeing, all of that. Yeah, basically there's a lot of great options. You know, you can... Uh, do a quick search online or the Breckenridge website and, uh, you know, check out some of their specials that they have throughout the year. But all of them are really great. They're much more um, small town feel and you'll probably end up like in a lodge or a condo of some sort. Mm-hmm. As a kid, did you ever visit Breckenridge? Actually, no. My parents and my family never did Breckenridge. Um, when me and my parents would go skiing we would just go to monarch mountain because it's the closest one to colorado springs but when my family would like come in and they'd want to go skiing and we did end up renting like a condo we'd end up going to steamboat springs or beaver creek yeah i never visited so my family actually came to colorado for about 10 or 12 years every winter we'd come here and ski and snowboard And you and I actually met through mutual friends that way. Mm -hmm. Um, But my family actually never came to Breckenridge either. It was one of those things where we were out-of-towners, you know, and (laughs) out-of-staters. And we would always stay at places like uh, Beaver Creek or Winter Park or something like that. So I never found it until, um, you know, I got with you and we started visiting. I did find it, though, when I got older, when I was in my 20s. Um, I did, like kind of feel that it was a really cool place and I always wanted to be to be there. So Breck really like became popular in my life in my twenties. And you know, that could be kind of like a factor in why I associate it with being a younger and cooler town because I never did any family kid things there. 
Let's talk about the top things to do in Breckenridge. Now, this is going to include activities that are both in winter and some of them other times of year. Because yeah. the town is really great to visit any time of year. Yeah. But obviously, it is a mountain town, so it gets like the most action and the most fun activities come out sort of during the winter time. Mm-hmm. One thing that I wanted to talk about is that any time of year, you can actually look for the Breck Troll. Um, this was actually a giant, like, 15-foot sculpture that was created by a Danish artist, Thomas Dambo. And he actually upcycles items from trash and discarded wood to create this really cool uh, troll figure. So you would think, like, a troll usually is pretty scary and it's not something you'd want to see. But <laughs> the way that he has artistically created it, it's very warming and a lot of people want to get out and take pictures with it. Um, it is just out in nature in uh, the Breckenridge area. So... Um, We'll link to it over on the show notes at our website of how to find out more about that. But anytime you go on a hike, you can definitely look for the Breck Troll because it kind of moves around. Question. What is upcycling? Basically, it's taking, you know, trash and discarded items and putting them into something cooler like a sculpture or a piece of art or even if you were to change it into like a new piece of clothing or something. So trash to treasure. Yeah, basically. Uh Ah, Okay. Uh, Around the holidays in Breck, you can see the lighting of Breckenridge and the race of Santas, which is exactly as it sounds. The pictures are pretty ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's a snowman building contest. You can have a holiday dog parade. Just imagine a a parade of dogs all dressed up in holiday outfits. Too cute. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) There's a reindeer run and, of course, the lighting of Breck. And like we said, the race of Santas, it's hilarious. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Everybody just like comes out. There'll be like a four-year-old kid with like a three-foot-long beard yeah. racing down the street <laughs> as Santa. It's great. There's also the International Snow Sculpture Championships. So um, this past year when we went to Breck for our anniversary, we actually saw them doing ice sculptures. So every year, I guess they kind of do different things. And in uh, the upcoming year, in 2020, they're going to be doing snow sculpture championships. I've looked at some of the pictures of some of the past things that they've done, and it is just crazy what they can make with snow. I mean, it's like art, except it melts. And they're really serious. Like, they're full-on teams with team jerseys. I mean, how do you, like, practice for this stuff? (laughs) I I mean, what, what, yeah. Anyway, it's really cool. They have the sculpting and the showing of the sculptures at completely different times. Don't expect to see them when they're up there sculpting it. Um, You have to wait a couple days, and then they will take them down. I don't know. I mean... Well, I think that they might have a certain amount of time, and then they'll start melting. So you might want to, like, get there quickly. Maybe. (laughs) Um... There's also a really huge multi-day family-friendly 4th of July uh, Independence Day celebration that happens in Breckenridge. It's really big, super popular, and it's a really fun thing to do if you're looking for some festival to attend in the summertime. And of course, as with most towns, there is an Oktoberfest, but this is a pretty big one. And it's really cool because of just the architecture and the way that the town is. It actually kind of makes you feel like you're in a Bavarian town drinking. I have a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, each country has a drinking song. Does America? No, America's not that cultured. <laughs> 99 bottles of beer yeah, on exactly, the wall. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's it. <laughs> um, some other great things to do in Breck while you're there is snowshoeing or cross-country skiing. Um, we have recently found within the past couple of years a great love of snowshoeing. So we love checking out um, all the different snowshoeing places in Breckenridge. There are actually two Nordic centers in town, the Breckenridge Nordic Center and the Gold Run Nordic Center, um, which is about a 10 minute drive from the ski resort area. 
The Breckenridge Nordic Center has flatter trails and routes that lead up to the mountains, while the Gold Run Nordic Center offers more rolling terrain and mountainous terrain there. They even have full moon snowshoe tours. Say that ten times fast. Yeah, really. (laughs) Uh, Where you'll get taken out and uh, in the snow under the light of the bright full moon. So that's kind of spooky if you're going to do that around Halloween, just saying. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like you said, we recently found our love for uh, snowshoeing. And it's so cool. If you've never done it, try it. Just go out into the snow in the middle of nowhere and just listen to the quiet. It's unreal. It was such like an oppressive quiet. It just was so peaceful for me. And it's one of my biggest things that I enjoyed. The town of Frisco, Colorado is uh, just literally down the road from Breckenridge. It's like 15 miles or so, but you can uh, take the peak trail, the peaks trail, and you can either uh, hike it, you can bike it, not in the winter, or you can snowshoe it from Breck to Frisco. Um, If you start in Breck, the entire trail is downhill. And it'll take you about four and a half hours. And uh, if you were to go the opposite, you are a glutton for punishment. Yeah, no kidding. There is a free shuttle to go back and forth. So, you know, you don't have to hike both ways. You know, unless you want to. Glutton for punishment. Yeah, exactly. Before we wrap up everything, I want to talk about some of our um, top places to eat at. So, you know, if you've been skiing all day or you've been at these festivals, you need some place to like really get your, your food on. When we were there last time, I know that each morning we went to a la carte, which is the little crepe cart. Uh, It's ridiculously busy. It's Yeah, you might want to get there early. Yeah, or late. No, never. It's always busy. And But we talked about this one before. Um, Really delicious crepes. They all make them to order. You can make them savory. You can make it uh, sweet. But they roll them up in a little cone crepe thing, and then you take it to go. It's easy peasy. Yeah, they also have an actual crepe truck that moves around but um it's also super busy and packed so maybe the cart the a la crepe cart cart (laughs) is where you would want to hit up first hearthstone restaurant is another one of the places we like to hit up every time they have amazing food it's very old school in that it is built into this old victorian home a restaurant that they made out of like a victorian house and uh, so it has multiple levels and the food is really amazing i mean we have stuff like um elk and duck and all kinds of things in the wintertime and then they have the most amazing carrot cake you will ever eat yeah. i promise mm-hmm. yeah it's like you said old victorian home so you like go into this house and it's you know creaky floors you sit upstairs while other people are sitting downstairs they're like carrying the the big trays of food like up and down these rickety stairs it's i don't know it's fun but it's so cool and it's it's all part of the ambiance and the experience mm-hmm. Another place that's really good if you don't want to have to, like, dress up and you just want to, like, get off the slopes and go grab something is uh, downstairs at Eric's. It's really good to just grab a bite after the slopes. It's got that, like, warm food that you, like, really crave after, like, a a hard day um, being really active. And that kind of food, I can't believe I'm going to say this, that sticks to your ribs. Yeah, that's like (laughs) a Texas saying. Yeah, totally. It also has a really big list of beers on tap. Yeah. And like you mentioned, there are lots of other towns and places to visit nearby. So there's a wide variety of stuff that you can check out. Um, Frisco is very nearby. We're going to just briefly mention them here because we like the town of Frisco a lot. But for this episode, we're just going to focus on Breckenridge. And we're actually going to have a future destination profile for Frisco. Yeah. 
Also, as a side note, I always want to say Frisco, Texas, because Frisco, Texas is actually a city. It's a suburb of Dallas, where I'm from, so I keep wanting to say Frisco, Texas. You know what? I feel the exact same way. <laughs> because, you know, when anytime that anybody's talking about the Eiffel Tower, I'm just like, oh yeah, that Eiffel Tower in Paris, Texas. <laughs> well, there is a Paris, Texas, too, yeah. We're weird. We just steal everybody else's And names. Rome, and uh-huh. Carthage. Yeah. Yeah. And Greece. There's a Greece, Texas? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. At the end of every show, we like to end it with a tip for finding free or affordable activities in Colorado. While you're in Breckenridge, be sure to check out the Breck Connect, which is the Breckenridge Gondola, and it is completely free to ride up and down all day. The gondola ends at one of the mountain peaks and offers many different places to eat, take in breathtaking views while you're up there, lots of things to do, take your snowshoes up, whatever. Um, If you do want to hit the slopes and actually ski, you'll obviously need a lift ticket. But you're more than free to bring your leashed dog on the gondola. There's lots of hiking trails around the resort. Um, You can also get your bike carried up as well, but there is a small fee for that. In the summertime. In the summertime, yes. All right, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. To learn more about this episode and the resources we shared, visit our website, hashtag coloradolife.com. If you like the show, please leave us a review. It helps us get discovered by new listeners, and we love to hear what episodes you enjoy. And if you have any favorites that you enjoy visiting in Breckenridge, we'd love to hear them. Be sure to hit us up on Instagram at hashtag Colorado Life. Thanks again so much for listening. Until next time, get out there and explore our beautiful state.